cold energy fills the room of a magnificent feasting hall. Four dwarves in regal clothing sit on one side of the table, and although we only see the faces of the dwarves, six shadows stretch from the opposite side of the table, cascading over the fine chicken entree. The dwarves look stern, but they're receptive to their visitors. The meal is consumed in silence, until finally, the tallest dwarf male in the center says, Listen, this synod has no reason not to trust you lot. But you'll have to give us ample reason to trust you. You emerge from a cave in the middle of Crocodon and expect us to help you fight the Iron Fangs. Obviously, you're going to have to explain yourselves and why you're in our sky, Citadel. This synod prides itself on our fairness. So let's start from the top. Tell us about the Night of the Iron Fangs and the fall of Feandor. And one of the shadows on the other end begins to tell the harrowing tale. Sarex Poyathor, a traveling dancer, often finds herself running away from unfortunate situations, but that wasn't always the case. I grew up on a farm in the mountains of Varesia. When I got older, though, and, and started out on my own, I found myself running, though not usually by choice. She found herself traveling by chance to Corvosa, where she started working at a lady's house that went by the name of Calistria's Coven. It was a very fun place to work. All the ladies all looked out for each other, but it went south when it burned down. To an outsider, <laughs> it may have appeared to be an accident, but Cyrix learned of what truly happened later on. I mean, I suppose if you consider a man lighting a fire in the basement because he felt as though he'd been cheated an accident, well then, of course it was an accident. I didn't really feel at home there anymore, though, so I started traveling. Her travels took her farther and farther into Glimmerhold, where she found another place to continue her career. A fairy brothel run by two male and one female fae. Emporium Exotica, they called it. Um, Lie, the female, she hired me and taught me some simple spells, and we, we were close. Um, but people didn't like fae very much. We got threats from time to time, but never very serious. One day... One day, um, I left to make a house call to a gentleman, and I came back to find an end to the warning. Mlai's body was staked into the door, uh, bolt straight through her heart, blood just everywhere. So I ran. I ran away and never looked back, and I didn't try and get my things. I, I just left, so, so yeah. You might say that I have some experience running away from some unfortunate situations. Xerix may find she'll need to do a lot more running with the hobgoblins pouring into Feandar. Fight or flight? The age-old question. Answered today in this Galarian Life. I want to thank you all for sticking with us for another episode of This Galarian Life. I'm Sam Begley-May. I play Xerix the Mesmerist, and despite not really understanding how Pathfinder works, I appreciate being able to easily join into this sort of thing. Tabletop gaming, video games, and other types of stereotypically geeky things are shifting into something that isn't restricted to just nerdy white straight boys anymore. Imagine a TV show you've watched where people are playing D&D. Like 90% feature young males sitting around in their parents' basement. And that usually isn't what it's like. I'm glad that these subcultures are slowly becoming more inclusive, and I hope that we continue to move in that direction. I think it's really important to have inclusive environments, especially in role-playing games, because with a diverse playing group, there's a wider variety of experiences to draw from, which makes a much richer and exciting storyline, and allows players to explore issues that they may not ever come into contact with in their real lives. That's the main reason that I stick with it. Despite the fact that I have to do so much math, exploring characters and situations can be enlightening, educational, and let's be real here, pretty fun. I'm really glad all of these people got together to make this podcast. I look forward to seeing what happens in Iron Fang Invasion. 
Mostly, though, I'm thankful for viewers like you. I hope you enjoyed the second episode of This Galarian Life. Everything's coming up hobgoblins. There are two hobgoblins outside, and behind them you see a sea of fire and what looks like to be hundreds and hundreds of hobgoblins invading Fandar. Um, just from quick inspection, you would imagine that there are more out there than there even exist citizens of the town. What's going through each of your characters' heads? Um, uh, currently, whenever the ballista bolt bursts through the door, my military training basically activates and I kind of become a different person. Like, I feel like my life might be on the line here. So your first inclination is to attack? Yes, first inclination is to kill whatever I need to. I retired 10 days ago. <laughs> I'm back into this shit. I'm getting too old for this shit. Uh, I draw my sword and get ready to sing. Uh, the ballista bolt straight through uh, Auburn's body reminds me of... Um... <laughs> <laughs> no! I'm not gonna make this not a dick joke. The ballista bolt through Auburn's body reminds me of when I was staying at the fairy brothel. I'm thinking about running. And William, I think as a citizen of this town, you probably have the most to lose what's going through your head. Well, first of all, when the ballista bolt flies through, I immediately think of my wife and children, but then upon seeing hobgoblins, my overwhelming racism kicks in. And of course, uh, what is going through Auburn's head is a ballista bolt. That's a rough life. What the <laughs> So the two hobgoblins at the door are pretty standard hobgoblins. They're in a um, military dress. One has like a broken nose and kind of like a smashed in eye. The other one seems uninjured, but his shoulders are kind of like strangely hulking. You notice some insignia on their clothes. I need anybody who can make them to make a knowledge local check or a, let's say, knowledge history. Can I use my professional soldier? Yeah. Truxton will say, I have no idea what this insignia is when we edit him in. I got a 21 on my history check. Ooh. Gavin, you recognize the imagery on the soldiers' uniforms to be that of the Iron Fang Legion. The Iron Fang Legion is a member of one of Multhoon's infamous um, monster units. They primarily are made up of hobgoblins and bugbears. So Multhoon would use uh, monstrous humanoids to run campaigns for them in terrorist operations, more or less. Um, these two hobgoblins have long bows on their back and long swords in their hand. Everybody roll that initiative that we mentioned last time. But I am going to need you guys to say it because we're on a fucking podcast. I rolled a 17. <laughs> 15 for Gorgug. I got a 23. Jack got a 16. What's your modifier, Gavin? I got a plus zero. I got a 16. Okay, so first up in the order is Greg. All right, so where are these hobgoblins? Are they just peering at us through the doorway still? Yeah, the door just collapsed and they're standing by it. Can I maneuver to where I can shoot out the a window or the door? Um, I'll give them soft cover if you do that. I'll take my chances. Womp womp. Well, I uh, rolled a three and plus four, that's seven. So I'm guessing I just put an arrow in the wall. Are you including your uh, favorite enemy bonus? No, but that's still a three. You pin an arrow in the wall and the hobgoblins look at it and just kind of laugh to themselves. Pitiful human. Cyrix, it's your turn. I'm probably going to hop behind the bar and try to go out the back door. Are you hopping over the bar bar or are you walking around? I mean, I would hop over the bar. Roll an acrobatics check. Uh, I rolled a three, so that's oh. a seven. <laughs> yeah, you wipe the fuck out. You're prone behind the bar. That was your move action. <laughs> you can take a standard action or a swift action. Um, I'll just pull my whip out just in case. Okay. Hobgoblin one moves into the bar and makes an intimidate check on everybody. <sighs> All of you will submit to us or you will die. There are no other choices in this matter. He got an 11. Very good. So it's 10 plus hit die plus wisdom. Right. My hit die is one. So my DC is 10, meaning he made it. Oh, 
Uh, you're shaking. 20 or so NPCs that are still in the room are kind of freaking out. You guys don't seem to be affected. And Auburn doesn't seem like she'd be affected, but she's fairly injured. All right, I'm going to um, try to do a heal check on Auburn's injuries, and I'm going to use my inspiration point. Go ahead. Uh, that's 15. Eames, your character realizes that she is bleeding, uh, bleeding out in the game. It's uh, would be one d four bleed per round. Plus, she's currently stunned, so someone's gonna have to take care of that if you don't want her to die. And in, I think he's just the gnome for the job. Um, Jack, it's your turn. Jack is going to take a five foot step, and I'm going to swing at that dude. Okay, so I go up to him and I and I do a slashing maneuver. And I'm using power attack because I have a plus six, minus one, plus five, minus shaken is plus. I rolled a 19. Yeah, you hit him. Okay. I do 10 damage. Ooh, he doesn't look happy. I would hope not. Probably kill most people in this room with that. But not military hobgoblins. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Is that your turn? That is my turn. It's Truxton's turn. Um, I'm going to roll to heal Aubrin of her injury. Um, and I'm going to use that inspiration die as well. Ooh, nat 20. So, plus inspiration, that's uh, 27. Uh, Auburn's not bleeding anymore. She's still stunned. But she's not going to die next turn, which is important. Hobgoblin 2 also walks in. How many rounds am I shaking? One. He also makes an intimidate check. Oh, well, um, unless you all have a DC lower than zero, you're... Um, not shaking. As he's talking, he gets tongue-tied. He's like, basically, he comes off, Hey, everybody! I, uh, I don't want you to injure any of us anymore, so I'm, I'm gonna have to kill all of you. So sorry. Impressive. He's very intimidating to everybody. You seem a little green. In the room. Some of the NPCs who are still alive start giggling at him. He gets mad. Yeah. Grogook. Huh, huh. Right back into it, boys. I begin smashing my sword against my shield. Oh, <laughs> uninspired courage to my allies. Oh, thank you. So you all now get a plus one versus charm or fear and plus one to attack and damage. And as I do that, I raise my sword. Let's have some fun, shall we? And it lights up with magical energy. That's arcane strike activated. And I think okay. it's my foot stuff towards them. Says Greg Stern. All right, so my turn. I think... Uh, the one that's closest, the one that just came in and buffled up his uh, Intimidate. I'm going to give him an arrow. Uh, plus one to hit and plus one to damage from Bard. All right, so six damage. Plus your favorite enemy. Okay, so then it's uh, eight. Um, Cyrix's turn. I just start staring at the Hobgoblin that's closest to Greg. and You, you can't do that. Okay, well, then I'm just going to back out of the bar. Because you're on the ground behind the bar. You have to stand up for it. I will stand up then. Okay, that's a move action. Okay, well, then I'm going to start staring at the the hobgoblin that is closest to Greg. Do you want to explain to the studio audience what staring does? Yes, so I can focus my stare on one creature within 30 feet, and that creature takes a negative two penalty to will saving throws. I believe you also have another ability called painful stare, correct? Yes. What does that do? They can take an amount of additional damage equal to half of my class level, which is basically one. So is that just you or is that anybody who attacks it? Um, if I don't use it, someone else can, I believe. Hobgoblin 1 steps up with his great sword and attacks Jacques. Um, so I get an attack of opportunity with that if he takes a step forward. Uh, uh, I rolled a natural 20, going okay. for a total of a 26. This is our first potential critical hit on the show. Um, go ahead and confirm that, Gavin. Okay. Uh, I rolled an 18. Does that confirm? Yep. You critically hit him. Okay. Um, I rolled 17 for damage times 3. That pops out to about 51. Oh. All right. So whenever I first stabbed at him, as he came through, I went into a from right to left. And then as he kept walking forward, I went left to right, using his body momentum to keep my glaive going through his neck, basically slicing like butter as his head falls off. Uh, his de head definitely fell off, and his body doesn't exist anymore. He's dead. He's so dead. So you got one Hobgoblin left. His name is Hobgoblin 2. I like it. Yeah, Jacques, it's your turn. 
I'm going to stab at the other goblin. And I rolled a 25, doing another 10 damage. I lied, it's 11 because of the Inspire Courage. That one is unconscious and dying. So we'll just say, you know, you give it a couple turns and he passes away into the night. Yay, everybody. Oh, that's copyright. Crap. You survey the area. Aubryn is kind of coming back to her senses. Is the Um, bolt still through her head? No. The bolt, like, clipped her in the ribs, and it was sticking out of the wall in the back. There are a number of NPCs alive still after the ballista bolt, or people who ran away. Jet, the proprietor of the end, is still alive. Four other NPCs. Okay. Um, I kind of step forward and I say, Okay, everyone, that was a bit dangerous, but I promise you will all be alive. Your families will be safe, but we need to move quickly. And I try to rally everyone to sneak out through the back. Aubrey, Aubrey puts her hands up. Wait, everybody. Perhaps we need to strategize first. These normally I'd be much more useful in combat, but I can barely move. I think our first priority is to get out of town, but I think we need to try to save as many of our townspeople as we can first. Plus, who knows how long we'll be stuck in the forest or wherever we go. I think saving people and gathering as many supplies as quickly as we can should be our priority. Also, if we are to stay alive, the only exit to the town is the bridge towards the Fangwood. We should probably try to destroy the bridge as best we can before we leave. I know in Allred's shop, he's been working on something that could perhaps be used to destroy it. Also, I know that there will be plenty of people who are being attacked at the temple with Father Nolian and up at Kining Smithy. I'm not in any condition to make any decisions, but you all should strongly consider who you save and what we gather behind us. All right, I gesture quickly for uh, the investigator, the bard, the ranger. I kind of gesture everyone quickly, and then I do a little finger thing for the mesmerist as I kind of wink at Cyrix and ask her to come over. I begrudgingly walk over. Okay, okay. All right, so we got to do this quickly. I don't know much about this town, and I just and I look to uh, Bo Dude, and I'm like, I don't know your name, but where in this town is places where we can get supplies, and uh, the, where would people be hiding? DM? The places that Auburn all mentioned. I'm just going to put the plan out there, and if you all like it, or think of something better, say it. We could have Jet escort them and Auburn out to the woods. Then we go to the highest concentrations of people, gather them up, and help basically get them to the woods as well. And then we blow up the bridge, ideally after finding your family as well. Great Does that sound... Are we splitting up, or are we doing this one by one? I I recommend we do not split them. Auburn pipes up. You can send them to the forest, but I'm coming with you. I might not be able to fight, but I can at least support you all, help you with getting through the town. Also... I'm a bit of a cleric, so I can do a little bit of healing. I do not want a liability. I would rather you protect the civilians we send out in the forest. It's true. You might just slow us down. Listen, human. There's one thing I've learned on the battlefield. If somebody can hold a sword, you let them fight. But, more importantly, if they can heal the one holding a sword, you let them tag along. She comes with us. These are my people, and I am going to guarantee that they survive. On the hobgoblins, the the bodies themselves, um, they've clearly already been looting a little bit and have already been looting a little bit and have a couple things. There's a one masterwork backpack stuffed with a heavy crossbow, and that comes with 20 bolts and 10 masterwork bolts. Eight potions of guidance. One first-level wand of magic missile. Fuck yeah. Several divine scrolls, calm animals, one cure light wounds, and one magic stone. Dried goat meat, sheep's cheese, a jug of sheep's milk, and then anybody 
who made a perception check above 16, we'll say, notices on the floor. There's a tiny ring, tin ring, that's on the ground. You think it probably fell off one of the um, NPCs, one of the people who were at the party. I look down and I point out the ring. What's this right here? And then I pick it up and kind of show it to everyone. When you bring it closer to your eyes, it's decorated with tiny little rabbits. Ooh. Adorable, and I slip it on my finger for safekeeping. Smart. Does she feel faster? You feel empowered. Maybe I always feel empowered. Let me take a closer look at that. (laughs) Gorgoo eyeballs it with some type of odd arcane energy. I hold my hand out delicately towards the the half-orc. That's definitely magic. What aura? It's a faint transmutation aura. Does anybody have spellcraft? All right. Uh, I think I get inspiration free on spellcraft checks. So, let me roll that. Uh, That's a 24 total. That is a ring of jumping. A ring of jumping provides a plus five competence bonus on all acrobatic jumps made to make high or long jumps. Nice. You could have used that before the bar incident. (laughs) Which is like the- I side-eye the (laughs) half-orc. Yeah, anybody, everybody make a perception check. Well, that went a lot better. I got an 18 this time. I rolled an 11. Okay. I rolled a 5. Gorgug, continuing his streak, rolls awfully with an 8. So everybody who got higher than a 10, here's a window crash through the kitchen. Okay. I gotta check it out. I follow. Can you come with me? I say to uh, Gorgug, because he looks the toughest. Ugh. Let's go. I look hey. inside the window. Room. So you open the door to the kitchen. Absolutely. on the opposite end... There's another little hobgoblin. There's another hobgoblin that crashed through the window and is going through some of the food stores. He's standing by a keg of water. You can go ahead and make a surprise round. One of you. Whoever's the closest. Me. All right, as a charge. And I'm power attacking, so it's a plus seven. I rolled an 11. That's not quite going to do it. So, Greg, if you want to do anything, you can do the thing that you want to do. Can I just pop around the corner and take a shot? I do have precise shot, so I won't have to worry about shooting my ally. Yep. That sounds good to me. Even with my favorite enemy, I uh, only rolled... Well, that would be up close. A 15. Does a 15 hit? Yeah. All right. So I do six damage. Syrix, your turn. May I recommend we keep this one alive if at all possible? I have some <laughs> questions to ask it. Ah, fit enough. Um, can I peek around the door, stare at the hobgoblin, and then swap my whip at him? Sure. Okay, then that's what I'm going to do. Okay. I assume you're using your painful stare? I am, and I'm using my weapon with both hands, winky face. Okay, go ahead and make your attack roll. Uh, I rolled a four on attack. No, I'm so sorry. That's not quite enough. Jack's turn. I'm just gonna... It's my evil. No, I'm just going to go in for another stabby stab. But I'm going to do non-lethal, so that's a minus four, so 19. That hits. Doing a solid 10 non-lethal damage. He's still up. Truxton's turn. Uh, I'm going to try to aid on this this attack roll. And that's a 15. Grogu on your next attack. Jack, or not, Truxton's going to kind of give you some encouragement, tell you where to hit him or whatever, and you'll get a plus two to your attack roll. Which is convenient, because it's your turn. What's the attack bonus for charge? It's a plus two. You do get a minus two to AC, though. No, fuck it. I'm going to charge the hobgoblin, attempt to take him down non-lethally. So you'll get a total of plus four from the eight another in the charge, and then a minus four for the non-lethal, unless your weapon is non-lethal. Short swords generally aren't, as I understand it. They are very short, though. <laughs> God, my roll sucked today. No, I don't hit him. <laughs> well, then Hobgoblin one's turn, or only Hobgoblin in this case. Who's right next to him? Me. As Grogu would be. I guess would, damn it. So he'll take a swing at Grogu. Uh, 19. That will probably do it. Uh, eight damage. Oh, oh well strung. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> do we really have to take it alive? Take your shot. All right. See, I rolled a uh, 18, so that hits. That's a three plus my bonuses. Uh, six again. He is unconscious. You inspect the room and the body, I assume. 
He has a long bow and a long sword on him, and then a uh, studded leather armor, a light steel shield, and 20 arrows. There is a keg of water in yeah. the room. Uh, other than that, I need perception checks. Borgug rolled an 18 total. Ooh, that is enough for the entire party. On the top shelf, you see a dusty lockbox. Does mm. anybody touch the lockbox? Only Grogug saw it, so... Those of you with sticky fingers might appreciate something on top of that shelf. Sticky fingers. Here, we wouldn't. And I get the lockbox. Do you try to open the lockbox? I do not. I go to the um, Lady of the Night and I say, uh, you seem like you'd be good at this. Could you open this lock for me? I can always try. How are you going to try to open it? Disable device. I do not. Make a perception check. We'll call it DC2. <laughs> okay. I rolled a four. Yeah, there's no lock on it. <laughs> I opened the, the box. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There is a magic wand, a second magic wand, and two clearly labeled elixirs of tumbling, and a set of juggling balls, probably taken from that damn halfling who entered the entertainment contest that nobody liked. All right, I put it in the, the backpack that I put on my back. Does anybody have a spellcraft? I do. Go ahead and roll it on the wand. Oh, there's the natural 20. Great. Uh, the first one is a wand of grease that has five charges. And the second one is a wand of prestidigitation with yep, so 31 charges. Ooh. So I guess it's up to you guys to kind of decide where you're going to go. I believe we should go to the temple and save as many people as we can. He may not be wrong. Warriors will often gather at the temple and that priest, hmm, he could be of use. Auburn, could you give us some healing spells? Right. Who who needs it? I would say you first off, but perhaps I'll second. I'm afraid healing magic won't really help me much, but if any of you need it, I'll... I have a couple spells that might work. So she waves her hand toward Grogoog. As he approaches, she puts out her hand and casts a magical spell called Cure Light Wounds. Um, you heal for five hit points. Hmm. Refreshing. Thank you. All right. Greg, Cedix, Truxton, are you three okay with going to the temple? We must act fast. Let's get going. As you guys are having this conversation, Jet, the owner of the inn, is ushering people out and starting to take them towards the bridge where you earlier told them to meet. As the people are exiting, it's much emptier. I need perception checks. I got a 10. Solid 12 for Gorgug. Jack got a 13. Greg got an 18. You hear footsteps upstairs. The innkeeper's already left, right? Right. All right. Let's go check that out. Try and be quiet. I'll go first. I, having a bow and a dagger, will go relatively last, but also I'm going to roll a sneak check. For an 11, I have a plus 7. I hate you, game. Uh, I can roll a stealth check. Give me one second. I think mine's pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, I also hate this game. I rolled a uh, four, so that gives me a ten. You go upstairs. Um, all the rooms are shut, and it's just a hallway. Is there anyone there? No. All right. You hear some muffled voices coming from the center room. I guess I go up and knock on the door with the bottom of my polearm. Doom, doom, doom. Can we make another perception check before we actually go in to see if we like can hear anything clear? Yeah, go ahead. We're going to roll to 17. 15 for Gorgs. You hear what sounds like two people whispering, but you can't quite make out what they're saying. I try to open the door. It's locked. Let me try to break the ice with these guys. I'm short and unintimidating. All right, fine. I'll go ahead and knock on the door. Go away. We're not leaving until they're gone. Well, I'm at a loss, boys. What do you think I should do? All right, let's leave there. When I was in the service, I learned a thing or two about lockpicks. And I will bash down that goddamn door with my half-orc strength and rolling Intimidate. <laughs> Go ahead. I rolled a critical failure on the Intimidate. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> oh, you got to act that one out, Gorgug. As Gorgug say? steps forward to bash upon the door, he forgot due to his injuries and perhaps being way too drunk off the wine that Jack bought him the night before. That his boot lace was untied. So as he steps forward, he goes head first into the door frame, shouting, Oh my oh, oh, oh. <laughs> What my friend was trying to say is if you do not come out of the door, 
only death will come to you from the hobgoblins that are raiding the city. You must come with us. Well, that's what I was trying to say. So you're saying that if we go with you, we might survive? Oh, absolutely. That is exactly what I mean. Well, we might skin and eat you. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I want to come out? Oh, what he was saying was that they will skin and eat you. He's not very good at talking. What I am saying is they also will skin and eat you. However, we do not eat sentient beings. Little man, well, I'm a little man with a little brain. Listen to, the, listen to the Frenchman. He's smart. This is a very strange way to try to convince somebody to go with you. Talking about cooking and eating. Look, do you want to die or not? This is not funny. I didn't say anything about cooking. Uh, go ahead and make a diplomacy check, Jack. I rolled a 26 on that diplomacy check. They open the door. There are two human men, one tall with black hair, one short with blonde hair, both in merchants' or traders' robes. The man who opened the door, the one with the black hair, says, All right, I'll go with you, but it's going to be a harder task to convince old Clendon over there. Clendon. I, I, I don't want to go. It's, it's, it's too dangerous out there. No, no, no. I, do, I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, Clendon. Clendon, I know just the thing for you, and it sounds a lot like your name, too, so you can trust it. It's called Klonopin. It does smooth you out. Means, or did I just totally... Yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> I just... I, I, I don't think I can make it if I go. My safest bet is to wait here and... Oh, yeah, was this good? The guy with the black hair is late 20s. This kid's probably early 20s, 23-ish. I, I just can't go. I can't make it. Why can't you make it? Are you slow? No, I'm just not combat trained. You don't have to be combat trained. Look, we have three combat trained people in this party. Not going to say which one's which. And yet we are still fighting the goblins. It's I think I can tell. I sidle over to Clendon and put my arm around him. Sarix, go ahead and make a diplomacy check with a plus two bonus. 20 total. I, I suppose nice ladies convinced me. I don't know if I'll survive, but maybe my chances are better out there. Boy, I turn to, what's his name, Clendon? Clendon. Their names are Clendon and Faro. Boy, I tell you this now. You may die by the sword very well tonight, but it's much better to do so while holding one of your own. I take the sword in my hand and hand it to him. Take it. He holds it above its head and it begins shining as a burst of light falls through the ceiling. I want to use my intimidate check. I want to say, (laughs) Clendon... I swear to you this, if you fall without swinging that blade, the hobgoblins will be the last thing you need to worry about in this life or the next. A magical beam of light surrounds him and the wind kicks up around his feet and he looks at you and goes, now that I have a sword, I can fight. What on earth is going on? And then he just kind of looks at you and laughs and he goes, I'm a bit of an actor. (laughs) I hate, I hate actors so much. I now pull the second of four swords off my back. Let's get to it then, team. So what do you do now? We, we go to the temple. Uh, how do you approach? Quickly and behind some buildings. I'm going to roll perception. 20. 15. So it seems like most of the fighting has moved on to the far end of town, so you should be safe um, just making way your way to the temple, and you both know that. Truxton, what you realize is that there's a giant black tower in the middle of the town with, like, white outlines in the shape of an arc on it. Is but it phallic it's, at all? Uh, it's very phallic. Perhaps the most phallic thing you've ever seen. Nice. Nice. It's got little numbers scrawled into the side. 69 over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> what in the God's name is that? I'll tell you what that is. That's nice. It's huge, giant, and it wasn't there an hour ago. You do see uh, several stronger-looking hobgoblins standing around it. Um, You don't necessarily know if you have a chance at fighting them. Well, Uh, boys and girl, I think that uh, we might have a, a bit of a new home base for those goblins up there. That's what you see. Does anybody else want to do anything? Uh, I was just going to ask if I could roll perception with soldiery to see if I could figure out their movement patterns. Do you have a professional soldier? Well, of course. Hey, 21. So most of the initi- or most of the troops seem like initiates. From what you can see, there's no real order to their movements. 
Um, they're just kind of been seemingly instructed to run around and attack whoever and or whatever they can. You do notice in the distance they're not killing everybody, but they're taking prisoners, presumably as slaves. Can I do a perception check to see if uh, my wife and kids are among the prisoners? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I rolled a nat 20, 27. So, uh, oh, shit. You do not see them. What? Which you take to be a good sign. For now. With with you being somebody who's lived in this town, you can make out a bunch of faces, uh, but you don't, don't see them amongst the prisoners or the bodies that you can see. Let us move ahead quickly. So you're coming down the road. The hobgoblins have knocked out a bunch of the light uh, sources in the town, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, so go ahead and make perception checks. I rolled a 13. I have a 19 plus, I believe I have low light vision. Uh, I rolled a nat one. I have dark vision, I should say. Once again, I uh, rolled a 13. It rolls all around. So with those perception checks, Truxton Pendleton is the only one who makes out a figure in the darkness. It's a cat. It's a a wolf. (laughs) It's a wolf, and he seems to be finishing up like a person's leg that the people that the hobgoblins had given him to keep him calm. Um, He seems to be, he's got like a little collar around him with the same insignia of the Iron Fangling Legion that you noticed before. See, this is why you never make promises to our new friends that they won't be eaten, Jack. I you got me. Uh, can you point him out to me, Truxton? That way I can charge him with my spear. Yeah, I point at him. We're treating this like it's low light. So anybody without dark vision or low light vision will have concealment on their attack rolls. So you roll your attack roll and then you roll a d100. Anything above from 20 to 100 hits. Could I just like make a ghost sound of like cats meowing? Yeah, I guess so. When is your turn? So, everybody roll initiative. 13. I got a 17. Same. 12. Who goes first between Grogu and... Oh, uh, Craig for sure. So, the wolf goes first. Wolf charges at Jacques and makes a bite attack. Ooh, get him. Attack of opportunity. Does a 15 hit? A 15 does hit. I do 12 damage. He's He's very seriously hurt, like a poor baby wolf. And so he'll make his bite attack. Does an 18 confirm a critical, Gavin? It does. He rolled a nat 20, and then he confirmed. Gavin, no! 12 damage. Wonderful. And a trip. Fuck. Does a 20 beat your CMD? It does. Gavin is hurt and on the ground. Ugh, fucking good. Motherfucker. Cat say that the motherfucker part. The DM, the voice of God said that. <laughs> that means it's Greg's turn. Right, enough of that wolf. Put it down. Ah, you rolled a twelve, so that misses. Rolled max damage though. Having some rough rolls today, Greg. Yeah, hey, I, hey, I got that. I got that perception for uh, spotting my family, but Grogug. All right, that should do it. Crit. Hey, you want me to confirm it? Yeah. Do we have the attack bonus on quick confirmation, Dark? Yeah. Yep, that 20 is going to confirm. As Gorgug looks upon Jack being mauled by the dog, he feels a sense of glee, but also a sense of dread as he recognizes Jack as one of the stronger fighters in the group. And after watching the smooth skin miss his bow shot, he brings the sword down in the guillotine-like strike, cutting off the dog's head from the neck forward. And then deftly, due to an amazing hit, he then slings it off like a baseball. To and which Gorgug then says under his breath, go fetch. <laughs> and the wolf says under his breath, I can't. Because I'm dead. Because his head's off. Yeah. Hey, Gorgug, you took my kill, dude. Easy enough. Get up, glaive boy. And I offer my hand to Jack. Ah, uh, thank you. So, <clears throat> loot for that battle. Um, you have one wolf corpse. The disguise for the gnome. Aben, I require your assistance. If you would kindly. Just a couple of the light ones. She takes out a scroll, begins reading from it. Uh, Gavin, you heal 10 hit points as she expends a scroll of cure moderate wounds. Ah, thank you. I feel moderately better. 
So now that you can kind of get closer to the temple, you can hear a bit of a ruckus going on inside. Quickly. At one point, there were very <clears throat> ornate stained glass windows on either end of the door in front of this large temple. Um, one depicted a butterfly, and one would have depicted uh, LeVar Burton. Right. LeVar Burton holding a longbow, which is the classic representation of the god Erastil, who actually, fun fact, Erastil founded the show Reading Rainbow on PBS. Well, obviously. You you recognize the the Erastil window based on what you guys saw at the the meeting the, this morning. Uh, does anybody want to take a shot on guessing what that other window means with a knowledge religion check? I will do that. Let me check my knowledge religion base stat, though. I only rolled the nine. A uh, grand total of 27. The butterfly in the window represents the god Desna, goddess of luck. But like I said, they're both smashed out, seemingly from the inside as there's glass on the ground in front of them. Uh, Guys, I think we might be at a temple. My knowledge of religion helped me figure that out. <laughs> I would never guessed. On now, boys, let's go meet God. So from, if the windows were still there, you probably wouldn't be able to hear anything. But from the inside, you can hear clank of metal on stone and wood. Are they building a barricade? I don't know. I try to crawl up Grogu's soldier or shoulders before anybody else can. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish. Well, I just wanted to be getting a piggyback ride. Grogu, you cool with this? Your death will come slowly, but not too <laughs> Knock on the door. Do Open the door. Hit the floor. Grogu transmogrifies into a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really, really want to keep that in the episode, but I also know I have to cut it. No, you don't! Based on the wolf outside, I doubt there are many people inside. I mean, the thing was eating somebody. I'm guessing that the only things left in there that can answer are the hobgoblins. That place has got all the answers, though. I'm very Ranger, I looked to Greg. I'll boost you up there. See if you can see inside. Right, hold still. So you can see, I mean, your vision's not perfect. You see four pews, and then on the right side of the room, there's an Iron Fang scout uh, just going to town on a wooden statue of Erastil with the sword. There's definitely gobs in there. Ranger, does this church have a basement or stronghold of some kind? Would I know that? Yeah, you live here. It doesn't. What no. you see is what you get. Just one floor. And I don't see any people in there? Just that one goblin? <clears throat> I mean, there's a couple dead bodies. Oh, okay. Looks the goblins beat us here. Yes. Say about eight. I don't know if there's much we can do other than avenge corpses. There might be a few surviving, but I can't see them. Can you see where they might have run? Can you track the steps through the grass? It's dark, but I guess I could try. Oh, uh, maybe. So, uh... I don't know. Would it just be a really hard survival check, or would you do perception and then survival? Try and see if people got away. Alrighty, fingers crossed. Alright, it's only okay. I rolled a uh, 15. You see tracks um, coming and going from both main entrances, but you also realize that, you know, this was a prayer service was earlier today, so there's not necessarily anything you can tell other than other than people have been in this building and out of this building at certain points through the day. Too much traffic. Can't make anything of it. Before the goblins see us, you should look through the other window. I need you to make what we whoever's see? looking through the window, I'm gonna need you to make stealth checks. That's a smooth seventeen. Basically same story on this side. Another hobgoblin destroying a statue dedicated to Desna on the back end. And still no people, just corpses. But right next to the altar, you see a man, elderly, seemingly still breathing. Greg and anybody who paid special attention recognize this as Father Nolian. Looks like more corpses. I think Father Nolian's still alive, though. It'd be a good idea to save him. Keep people's morale up. I say we take it. You had me a dead hobgoblin. <laughs> Same. Same dead hobgoblin. Dead hobgoblin, dead hobgoblin, dead hobgoblin. Throw me through the window. I want to shoot him already. I say we uh, 
send some of the the bigger, stronger people through the front door, and we follow behind. From my vantage point, does it look like they blocked up the door at all or anything like that? Not that you can tell. All right, yeah, heck, let's just uh, kick the door in and start killing goblins. Breaching positions. So I, I need you to place decide which order you guys are going in. I will uh, hang back, and uh, and I'll, I'll enter the fray last. I need to be in the door soonish so that I can start putting shots down, so I'll go in, like, second. I have a little slap fight with the gnome to make sure that I go last. We can make it a strength contest. You well, can then lose, I gnome boy. I <laughs> Hold on, let's do it. Let's roll it. 11. 13. Sirix backhands Truxton as he's trying to weasel his way behind her. It hurts quite a bit, so he just kind of gives up. I whisper under my breath, bitch. My latent internal misogyny just grows every minute. Jacques and Groguger at the door. Plan will be to smash the door open. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Go ahead and make a strength check on the door. That's going to be a 16. The door buckles underneath Grogu's boot and it flies open. Some of the wood splinters out, but the rest of it slams against the inside of the door and you see the entire temple. There is a woman, Hobgoblin, standing in front of the altar, back to it, and she fires an arrow right at Grogu. A 21 probably hits. <laughs> Still worth it. Five damage. Oh, I'm down to three, boys. <laughs> Wait, why was Grogu bleeding? Don't worry. <laughs> it worked in theory. Go ahead and roll initiatives. Ooh, that's a crit fail. Haha, <laughs> Sam. Beat that. I mean, Cyrix. I mean, Cyrax. Three. I got nine. Grogu with a 17 coming back. Jack got the 22 with a natural 20. One in front of the altar as a free action goes. Oh, you fox and your false gods. You cannot defeat the Iron Fang Legion. We make a mockery of this temple. Good luck in the fight. <laughs> uh, I walk up to her and I stab her. To hit, I rolled a 23. Does that hit? Yeah. I roll a 10 for damage. Grogoog. <laughs> I look at the arrow in my chest. Not bad. Let's see if I can make you bleed. Ear-piercing scream. <laughs> no, please, no. Just, I imagine one loud, bass-toned, yeet! What does ear-piercing scream do? 1d6 sonic damage, and on hit, it will daze the target for one round. Do I get a save? Uh, fort for half. And I assume that also eliminates the daze? I will assume so, there. 17. So uh, it's a 14, so she's going to make the save. But she will take... Whatever half of three is there. It rounds down. One damage. <laughs> I'm a pretty good shot, but it doesn't look like you are. So Greg raises his bow and uh, shouts, Get out, goblins! Well, that's not very nice. Unfortunately, I only rolled a 15. That hits. Awesome. So yeah, I burst through the door, raise my bow, yell, Get out, goblins, and flock the middle one for six. She is staggered. She's kind of, she's taking a lot of damage and she seems to be kind of stumbling around a little bit. Um, Truxton Pendleton, take us home. Right then, boys. Oh, I head back out the door towards home. Wait, no, come In all seriousness, I will, I'm going to go and approach the goblin that uh, struck Grogug and I will roll to attack when I, what that roll is. Are you going to use your sword or your, your crossbow that we got? Uh, I'm going to use my sword. Do you have weapon finesse? He does not. <laughs> he's a little shit, but he's full of moxie. I'll give him that. Hold on now. What? I'm getting some advice from teammates that maybe this isn't the best idea. <laughs> yeah, okay. So let me let me explain something. I know you didn't want us to do tactical stuff, but... Free action here. Free action. I'm going to yell, guys, like, should I go at him? <laughs> uh, you'll get a minus two to hit. With the crossbow, you'll get a plus two to hit, and it'll do more damage. And you might go flying backwards because you're very small. <laughs> Which is the main reason I want you to use it. Well, my team's not really making me feel particularly useful in combat. No, but, you can uh, be <laughs> Just maybe not happily, with the uh, Yeah, I'll uh, go ahead, and, uh, I'll go ahead and, and take that shot then with the crossbow rather than approaching. Uh, 17. I assume that hits. Six. She faints. I look around expectantly, like wishing for praise from my team. I look at him. You done good, gnome. 
better than I. <laughs> My heart grows three sizes, and I die right there. That's a shame. We still have two more goblins to kill. What's the shame about that, friend? Well, this one's dead. Kick snow. I rise from the grave. Styrix. Okay, so I storm into the temple, scarves flaring out, just iconic bitch right here, and approach the goblin on the left with a painful stare, and I whip out my whip at him. Does a 17 hit? Uh, 17 does indeed hit. Uh, I do 15 damage. He's still up, but he doesn't look happy, and it's his turn. So he'll take a five-foot step and attack with his short sword, Cyrix. And he fucking misses, probably. There's a nine hit. It no. does not! Seeing the damage you did, the other one comes over. Can I take that attack opportunity? You took, go ahead. I rolled a natural 20, but I don't think I can firm on a nine. <clears throat> you didn't. Do the damage. That's 17 damage. He's staggered. But he'll use his last remaining action, because Hobgoblins fight to the death, to swing a long sword at Cyrix. And that is a 20. Uh, that hits. Okay, so you're gonna take a hit. Five damage. No! Jacques. Take a five-foot step here. He Is he staggered, and then he took his one action, so he drops right yeah. now? He's he's unconscious and dying. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and try to attack the other goblin. Or Hobgoblin. Okay. Safe. I rolled a 10. Unfortunately, you swing just over his head as he deftly dodges out. What about an 11? Unfortunately, you swing over his head as he deftly dodges away. I tried so hard. Gorgoog! If I charge that goblin, he's going to get an attack of opportunity, correct? Where you, where would you charge to? Oh, uh, I guess I am behind uh, some church pews, huh? Yeah. Acrobatics check. Yeah, I'm going to say you can't charge over those because it'd probably be difficult terrain. You have obviously never seen a five-year-old kid at a church service. Why would you have seen that, Jack? You've been <laughs> in a church in your life. My body's a temple, so I'm always at church. I, I don't like the implications that Gavin knows five-year-old uh, boys with his body. Okay, I will, <laughs> when you move 30 feet, that's my movement speed. Uh -huh. Does that be a straight line? No. Okay, so that gives me just enough range. You go this way, you go this way and swing. That doesn't trigger an AOC, does it? Or AOO? No, but that, that one's dead. Will you make sure he's dead for me, Grogoob? Yeah, that one's and dead, and this one just passed out. Move 10 feet that way, 20 feet that way, coup de gras. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's brave. Um, I guess roll your damage. It's an auto crit. Crit fail would be hilarious. He doesn't have to roll attack roll, unfortunately. Welcome to service. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Oh, please tell me, please tell me he, he fucks it up. Four damage. I'm going to have to check this one. God <laughs> damn it! How much damage did you do? I, uh, four total. Um, I was going to put the standard deviations for my rolls have been, uh, in the, it's, I, I have two deviations from the middle and now in the right direction. Is that with you counting kind of like your ratio of height to penis size? What's that, Derek? It's a crit. Oh, so eight damage total. Okay. Um, nope, he's still kicking, kind of. <laughs> um, but he makes a fort save against the amount of damage done. So eight damage. He rolls a 10, so he's still alive. Truxton's oh turn, baby. Coup de gras. I'm running up. <laughs> yeah, baby! Okay. So, Truxton, this... you pull your kukri out as a part of your move action. <laughs> Can I just hit him with the crossbow? I mean, it's an All improvised right. weapon. I get. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to do that. I'll, I'll call it a 1d4 plus your strength modifier. I'm a bad influence on the boy, but. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, gnomes are always good to have in the group. <laughs> What'd you roll? I rolled a two, so you take two off that, you get a zero. Wait, oh, now hold on. Lucky zero for you. Gavin is suspiciously silent. <laughs> Can I just say I really appreciate that you're having a harder time killing the one that's already almost dead than the one you did that had the most hit points? <laughs> For storyline purposes, I am blood frenzied. Also, <laughs> I took a reaction and pat Grogoog on the ass. So, Greg, go ahead. All right, the, the one, one that they're desperately trying to murder, he's down, but the one right okay. next to Cyrus is still up. This will show you to deface our gods. Useless harm. Yeah, no, that's a squad. Critical, critical one for to hit, but I rolled maximum. Damn it. Oh, hit Grogoog. Don't hit me, please. <laughs> now, until we decide on a house rule, what we want to do with crit misses, we'll 
just call oh, house of rule house of rule uh they they you have to roll to avoid no they, hit me. they always hit me <laughs> did you want to make that a rule because we can make that a rule absolutely house of rule i absolutely vote yes grogu takes eight damage no we'll vote the next session me <laughs> it's okay oh my my enthusiasm and passion for it will have dwindled by then i gotta this has got to be a vote of passion. Cyrix, it is your turn. Well, I'm uh, kind of sandwiched between two people and not in the good way. So I'm going to whip out at the, the goblin that's still alive. Sandwiched okay. between two people or not, you always just whip it out. <laughs> that is true. Does a 14 attack. It does. Cool. I do 10 damage. And he is unconscious and dying. If you wait a couple rounds, both of them pass out or pass away forever and ever and ever. And they I think we back. should hack at him. Coup de gras. That big will, one looks important. I will just note that um, in about five days, after you're done mutilating the bodies, um, a small child sees a hobgoblin head passing by on the back of a turtle shell. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so they're all dead. Let's do loot real quick. On the big hobgoblin, you find a letter in her pocket that gives her her orders. Her name is Semfet, and she was supposed to take and destroy the temple. Her order, it was signed by, it looks like the signature says Scarnivorous, but the scrawl is kind of, you know, hobgoblin-y. But on her... She has a potion or two potions of cure light wounds, two alchemist fires, padded armor, a composite longbow with a plus two strength rating and 20 arrows, a hand axe, a masterwork battle axe, a backpack, bedroll, blanket, a mess kit, a small tent, three provision points worth of food, and three gold pieces. There's a sack in the middle of the floor that they were putting anything they could find in the temple in. And that contains a wand of magic missile with 12 charges, a silver cup worth 15 gold pieces, a dark wood carving of a butterfly worth 20 gold pieces, three bottles of old law whiskey worth 20 gold pieces, 100 gold pieces worth of gold dust, 27 small semi-precious stones worth one gold piece apiece, and 76 gold pieces. You also find a round ivory amulet engraved with Erastil's bow and arrow, and a holy symbol strung on a leather thong worth 10 gold pieces. A leather thong? Not that kind, though. Anybody who can, give me a knowledge local check on the amulet. I got you. And Greg, you can make it even if you're not trained. Well, 24, that'll probably do it. Truxton, you saw a girl at the festival with that exact same amulet today, and you would be able to describe her or see her or know who she is if you come across her. Okay. Greg? I got an 18. You know for certain this amulet belongs to a young huntress named Lerosa. She's very devoted to Erastil, and she'll hang her medallion in the shrine to uh, essentially recharge. This is a personal possession of hers. We'll have to get that back to her if she's still alive. Somebody give the... Holy man, a healing potion, or perhaps it's time for that. You all go up to him? Yes. He swings a claw at you because he's a lich. Oh, no! What? Oh, shit! Uh, he's just kind of leaning against the altar. Oh, my. I give him a potion. I tell him to drink it. He pushes it away. You no, know, boy. It's my time. No, I won't take any healing, but if any of you have anything that could perhaps... Perhaps take away the pain as I pass. Oh, hell no. This is not going down like this when we have this many healers in the party. There's no way. There's no way Gorgu's going to let this happen. Just let the man die. It's his choice. There's no way I'm going to let you save me. You'll give up on your people, on this town, on those who need you, old man. You can be saved, and in so doing, save others. You have an obligation through your gods. Now do it. Drink the potion. He has a point. He looks at you kind of with uh, anger in his eye and goes, No, this is how it ends. Surrounded by strangers with all my friends and neighbors struck down by these fucking mongrels. That's where you're wrong. They're not all dead. I didn't tell anyone this, but I was to leave on a journey to help the people across Nermathos in the morning. If only I would have left this morning, I would have survived. I found a home here, and I was killed by this place. 
Aras still promised community and happiness for those who worked for it. <clears throat> Yet here I lie, dying in a field of despair and devastation. What have I done to deserve any of this? I'm old enough to have considered my last words, and tonight I am forced to amend them. So I say this. Damn you, Feyandar. Damn you, Arastil. And then he fades away. And that's the end of our broadcast week. We'll see you next time on This Galarian Life. This nope. guy's a fucking... That was a real downer of a priest, man. I gotta say, I think you're better off without him, man. Great. I think you're better off without him. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Incorporated. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com forward slash community use. For more information about Paizo Incorporated and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. Iron Fang Invasion is copyright 2017. Iron Fang Invasion and the Pathfinder Adventure Bath are trademarks of Paizo.